Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Hebrews. Today is episode 891, and we're looking at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 15 through 22. Let's read our passage. Therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called might receive the promise of the eternal inheritance because a death has taken place for redemption from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Where a will exists, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will is valid only when people die, since it never is in effect while the one who made it is living. That is why even the first covenant was inaugurated with blood. For when every command had been proclaimed by Moses to all the people according to the law, He took the blood of the calves and the goats, along with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God has ordained for you. In the same way, he sprinkled the tabernacle and all the articles of worship with blood. According to the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. This is the book of Hebrews. This is a letter, a written sermon to a group of Jewish Christians. They're experiencing persecution as Christians in the Roman Empire, and the temptation is to abandon Christianity, fall back into Judaism, because Judaism is tolerated by the Roman Empire. And the author of Hebrews is arguing that no, that would be a mistake. Christ is superior to anything they could be looking to go back to. Christ is superior to angels, Moses, the Old Testament priesthood, He is the new high priest, and he has this new covenant, and his sacrifice is permanent, whereas the sacrifices from the Old Testament were temporary in nature. Now, he's continuing to talk about this idea of covenant. So we pick it up in chapter 9, verse 15. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant. He said this back in chapter 8, verse 6, and he was alluding to Jeremiah 31. 31 through 34 then, where Jeremiah said, I will bring a new covenant and be written on their hearts. And so he's bringing this up again, this idea of Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. Now, what's he mean mediator? Mediator is somebody who goes between, goes between, in this case, the people and God, and is the, the mediator, the go-between with this new covenant. He's the one that makes the covenant happen. At the Last Supper, in Mark 14, 24, Jesus says, This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many. So he makes reference to his blood then as the new covenant. It continues in verse 15, So that those who are called might receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Well, used eternal a lot. And here he refers to the eternal inheritance. Back to Jeremiah 31, 34, where God says, I will forgive their inequity and never again remember their sin. Speaks to the idea of an eternal sacrifice, eternal covenant, eternal forgiveness. Back in chapter 6, verse 17, he talked about being the heirs of the promise. Now he's talking about an inheritance. In chapter 9, verse 12, he mentioned the eternal redemption. In chapter 5, verse 9, he talked about Christ being the source of eternal salvation. A little later in chapter 13, 20, he's going to mention the eternal covenant. So eternal 
is a theme that he uses a lot, where the Levitical sacrifice was temporary in nature. This is eternal. So this new covenant, there's a promise of eternal inheritance. He continues in verse 15, because a death has taken place for redemption from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. What we talk about there is the first covenant, the Mosaic covenant. While that was in place, people committed sins, but now those sins can be forgiven under the new covenant. Verse 16, where a will exists, the death of the one who made it must be established. This starts to get difficult in translation because the word translated as will here is the same word that gets translated as covenant in verse 15. And some of it's just translation issues. Words can have multiple meanings, complex meanings in one language, and it's hard to translate them. This particular word is a little difficult to translate because it can mean covenant, it can mean testament, it can mean will. And by will, we're talking about like a last will and testament, where you say who gets what in the will. And so in this context, that's pretty much the meaning he's using. He says, where a will exists, the death of the one who made it must be established. That's not exactly true in just a covenant. You have a covenant, that's an arrangement, an agreement on how it's going to work out. Somebody doesn't have to die for the, the covenant to be effective. But for a last will and testament, it doesn't take effect until the person who made the will passes away. Then the will is read and is followed to carry out the wishes of the one who made the will. So here he's referring to the idea of the covenant as a will. And the one who made the will is Jesus Christ. And when he dies, the will takes effect. Verse 17. For a will is valid only when people die, since it is never in effect by the one who made it is living. Verse 18. That's why even the first covenant was inaugurated with blood. So now he's mixing in together the uh, idea of covenant and will. He's going back to the first covenant, the Mosaic covenant. And there, it wasn't the person who made the covenant who dies. There were substitute animals who died. That's why it's not permanent in nature. Verse 19. For when every command had been proclaimed by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of the calves and goats, along with water, scarlet wool, hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God has ordained for you. He's referring there to Exodus 24, verses 3 through 8. He's kind of summarizing the idea that when the original Mosaic covenant was implemented, there was animal sacrifice. And the blood of the sacrifice was sprinkled on things to seal the deal, so to speak. He continues, verse 21, In the same way he sprinkled the tabernacle and all the articles of worship with blood. So the covenant was ratified with the sacrifice of animals. Then he's talking about things that were being purified, like later when the tabernacle was built. It was sprinkled with the blood of sacrifices also. Verse 22, according to the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So he says almost everything. And that's true. You, you go through and you find a lot of things that didn't have to be 
sprinkled with blood to be purified. Some things can be purified with water. Some things can be purified with gold. Some things can be purified with fire. And, and so the it's not everything had to be purified with blood. But then he makes the comment, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. Now, some think this might be more of a proverbial saying, that this is a, a popular saying that people have always said. Well, it's, it's a truth. The idea that without the shedding of blood is no forgiveness of sin. And that is all to hammer home the idea that sin is a big deal. What is the punishment for sin? Go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, where God said, okay, you can do this, you can't do that. If you do that, that is a sin against me. And the penalty of sin is death. That's where Satan came in with the big lie. You're not really going to die if you do this. And they did it. And that brought death into the world. Death is the penalty of sin. And that's why we got to remember the whole idea of the covenant. And the old covenant was there can be a substitute death temporarily in the form of an animal sacrifice. And all this is pointing ahead to the permanent sacrifice that would take place with Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, his sacrifice paid the penalty of sin, that is the death penalty, that we all deserve because of our sin. We deserve a death penalty because of sin, but Jesus took the death penalty on himself, and his sacrifice, his death, is what ratifies this new covenant through the shedding of his blood, there is forgiveness of sin. Now, it seems like he's saying things that have already been said. Somewhat, he's saying things that have been alluded to. He's going into more depth with them now. And his issue is really bringing home the idea of the new covenant. Remember, what's at stake? People wanting to fall away from Christianity, fall back into Judaism under the old covenant which has been replaced with the New Covenant. Go back to the Old Testament sacrificial system, which was ineffective, and give up the New Sacrifice, the Sacrifice of Christ, which is not only effective, but permanently effective. And so that's why he's spending so much time talking about the Covenant, Jesus Christ as the New High Priest, because that speaks to what they are thinking about doing, going back to the old high priest, the old sacrificial system, the old covenant. And that would be leaving that which is perfect and eternal to that which is imperfect and temporary. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Hebrews.